three, two, one. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the No Normal Show brought to you by Revive. This is where we leave all things status quo, traditional, old school, and boring in the dust and celebrate the new, the powerful, the innovative, the future, all related to how brands can lead the way in health. I'm your co-host, Mari, and today is my first time actually hosting this podcast. Usually, I'm the one who's producing and editing, so I hope that you all enjoy this episode. And today, I'm actually... Uh, accompanied by some other co-workers of mine who I appreciate, who are so talented, and they are one, Tierra Carlock, um, who's the content strategist at Revive, and two, Oscar De Villa, our senior designer at Revive. Hey, y'all. Hi, Mari. <laughs> Hi, Mari. Um, so, fun fact, I know you're, you said that this is a new thing for you and also for me like I actually designed the logo for the no normal show and I never thought I'd be a guest here so thanks for having me this is also brand new for me full full circle circle moment yes absolutely so on this week's episode we'll be discussing how younger generations experience and think about healthcare. so I would love to start by asking you all like when you're going to like if you're ill if you're feeling sick and you go to a hospital what are some of like your deciding factors in, in the way that you, you're choosing like a healthcare provider as far as like what facility you're going to? Speaking as someone who doesn't have a primary care provider, I typically have to, you know, go out of my way to research where to go to. And honestly, like, I think telehealth has been a great thing when it comes to just quick care, you know, like whether it's strep throat or just a cold or minor things that's you know, that's been my go-to. Um, and as far as I, what I look for on a provider is typically understanding uh, as a gay man in the South, it has been a little difficult for me to deal with uh, medical pro- medical providers in general. I, like I had a couple unpleasant experiences. <laughs> so that has been a deterrent for me to, you know, look for an actual provider that I can uh, build a relationship with. Um, on the bright side, I did find uh, the Music City Prep Clinic. So they are a LGBT owned, LGBTQ owned uh, practice. So I, I always feel comfortable, and uh, it's it, just to be surrounded by people who understand me, people from my community. So I think that's one thing, at least the most important thing for me, for someone who understands me. Okay, that's really interesting. And I would love to get more into uh, just your experiences um, in healthcare, especially when it comes to finding um, a primary care provider. But Tierra, I would like to know what are some of your deciding factors when it comes to what hospital or clinic that you're visiting to be treated? Yeah, um, like Oscar, I don't have a primary care provider either. So my search, of course, typically starts with that. As a Black woman, I am, you know, always hoping and crossing my fingers that I can have, you know, a Black woman practitioner. But I think the way that I have taken on searching for providers is taking kind of like a going down the ladder approach. So if I can't find a Black woman, then a Black practitioner is fine. If I can't find a Black practitioner, then a woman of color or of any race is fine. If I can't, then I just have to, you know, pick and choose what's the most important to me when it comes to picking a provider. But, you know, hopefully I can 
find someone that fits me in the meantime, but it's, it's been difficult on my end too. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how our identities end up tying to the way that we go about seeking health, which is, um, something I never just really thought about until like hearing you all say that. And I know for me, like, um, also as a queer person, but like a black gay man, I also don't have a primary care provider. And I think it's just because like, as, as I got older, like seeing a doctor or just getting checkups just didn't become like a priority compared to like other things that was happening in life. But as far as like what I have come to find, like in situations where I wanted to get on PrEP, which is like an HIV preventative um, pill. So you have like Truvada and um, there's another one um, that starts with Discovery. Discovery, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And so just talking to like primary care providers at the time when I was living in Mississippi about those different types of medicines, they had no clue what I was talking about. And I was like, oh my God, like this this is weird because you know, I guess you have this expectation that, excuse me, when you come into like um, a healthcare facility or when you're seeing a primary care provider, that they are supposed to have the answers, um, especially when it comes to something like HIV, which is such like a big deal um, when it comes to sexually transmitted diseases, but also just in the queer community. Um, but for me, going to therapy that has also been a thing uh with trying to find a primary care provider because it's like honestly going on a dating app like tinder and like you're like having to like keep swiping and keep swiping and keep swiping to like figure out um the right therapist for you so um yeah it, it has definitely been a journey um but um as far as you oscar like has there been any kind of like instances where i don't know like finding a primary care provider just wasn't on like the top of your priority list? Honestly, I, I don't think it has been up until recently. I feel like most of my 20s have been uh, just me living life without really think even thinking about my health. And uh, I think you mentioned therapy. And I think uh, that has been one of the, I guess, catalysts for me to start thinking more about my health in general. Um, I started going to therapy about uh, less than two years ago, and I think that has changed my outlook on different things, including my my physical health. So uh, to your point, I think that people our age uh, might not be thinking of, you know, getting regular checkups or even thinking long term on their, about their health. that's one of the things that I think I want to start doing. So maybe (laughs) might be a good time to start looking for an actual primary care provider. Yeah. And so like Tierra, like for you, like how has your journey, I guess, like not to ask the same question over again, but like, has there been any issues like that you've seen in your journey to finding a primary care provider or rather has it been less of a priority before and more of a priority now or I think as I'm like scarily enough approaching 30, taking care of my physical health is getting a lot more important to me. It's honestly been easier for me to find a therapist that I'm looking for than it has been to find a primary care provider just because every time I encounter or go through my search, you know, people are so backed up. I can't be seen for months out at a time, if at all. So it just makes it really difficult to feel like I have 
a place like in the regular healthcare system. But now I notice the ways that when I'm struggling mentally or even just, you know, tired from a normal week at work, it's starting to manifest in my body now. So now I'm kind of, it's kind of reversed for me in my early to mid twenties. I was all about my mental health because there was a lot of things going on that I needed to kind of work through and deal with. And now that I've got a grasp on that, the things that come up just as a part of day-to-day life are starting to manifest physically. So I'm trying to counteract the mental stuff by prioritizing my physical health now. Yeah. I And I definitely agree with you on that. Like, I think for me, mental health was like the start, the starting point of me, like taking my health in general seriously with me. I'm very woo woo all about manifesting. And I believe like that mentally you have to be well in order for everything else to be well in your life. And I think as you're pouring into like this one thing, it just inspires you and it motivates you and support. And so all of these things. So, you know, for me, it started with like going to therapy, but then it was like, okay, what can I do to eat better? What can I do as far as like fitness wise? Um, And so um, I think as I'm like pouring like water into like all of those things, like it just ends up um, resulting in me living a better life. Um, What are your thoughts as far as like mental health, um, Oscar? I think you bring up an excellent point. Um, When, when you start even it doesn't matter where you start as far as your healthcare journey, like whether you start from a physical sense or a mental sense, like eventually the care that you put into any of those areas is going to trickle down to every other area. So uh, I think it's interesting to see all these people like on social media starting, uh, starting to share very personal things, but that also creates a connection. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I, I started to seek therapy too. Cause I was like, you know, all these people are going through the same thing. Maybe it would be worth for me to look for, you know, help myself. And that's how I found out I am, I have ADHD, which is, you know, I think a lot of people our age or ever generation have. And um, it's, it, it's been an interesting journey to say the least. Yeah. And I think also, um, listeners, all of us are like turning thirty either this year or next year. Um, oh, no. and so, <laughs> Please, and no. so I'm like, I'm like Wait, two so, weeks away. Oh. Well, so you're uh, Tara, you're a '93 baby. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Mari, you're not a '94. Yeah, like, we're '94. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 babies. So yeah, I think that's just that's really motivating us to just like really put our adult hats on and like, okay, like what's like, we need to start planning um, and really taking our health serious. But with that, as you all are getting older, how, how do you all see your parents' health? And like, does that, you know, scare you? Does it make you more protective, not only like over your own health, but their health as well? It definitely does, especially with some of the work that I've done here at Revive, like working on clients, like Northern Light, and we've worked on things like the lung cancer screening program. Both of my parents are longtime smokers. So were my grandparents. So were a lot of my aunts and uncles. And that's really been my primary health concern when it comes to them, you know, making sure that they're getting screened. I have long given up on trying to get them to cut down or even quit smoking. It's, it's, it's above me now, but just wanting them to take care of their health in those ways. But I mean, they're running into some barriers that I think people in every generation that are seeking healthcare are. I was talking to my parents about the lung cancer project I was working on and, you know, getting screened and there's barriers to that, which lead to disparities in health that we are all too familiar with. So it's, it's difficult at every 
point, and I think in every generation, how they or how we pursue healthcare, I think the bigger thing for brands is making sure people feel like they can even access these things and that they have a place in healthcare. Not to ramble. No, that was really good, Oscar. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, Tara said it perfectly. Um, I think one of the benefits of us working in an industry like this is just being a little more aware of things that are going on in healthcare and things that our parents or family or loved ones can be exposed to. And uh, it just helps us see things in a different way. And also, I think in many ways helps us bring our own experiences into our work. Uh, and that just makes everything a little more authentic. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, it's never easy. It's never easy to see your parents age. And also that makes you think about your own health, you know, like whatever, I mean, you start thinking about like what preexisting conditions my parents have and should I be checking for that myself? Um, and it's at the end of the day, I think uh, it all comes down to your relationship to healthcare in general. Um, I don't know if I said that right. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. And I, I think also like Tara, you make a really great point because I know like, you know, for millennials and Gen Z, you know, one of the buzzwords is like that we see, like, especially across social media is like generational trauma and like, um, a lot of things as, as far as like what our families did in the past and like how we're trying to like undo certain things. And so, um, I do think it's interesting from your perspective of you. This is also something like I've also realized, like, it seems like you start off as a child and then as you get older, you become the parent. It's like the roles reverse in a sense. And, um, that's just something like I've started to like think more about, like my mom, she had breast cancer and she's a survivor. Yes. Love that for her. But, um, um, I just kind of like remember like having to like, she's also a deaf woman. So having to like step in and like, you know, call like her doctors for her and like, um, you know, just help out with like bandages and wound care and, and those types of things. And I just think it's interesting um, how those roles do reverse, especially when it comes to health. Um, but so as far as like brands, like, do you all feel as if like healthcare can sometimes be boring? And if so, like, why is that? Um, I mean, first of all, I just want to say congrats to your mom. She's a survivor and that always has to be celebrated. Um, as far as brands, I, I don't know. I think many times, especially healthcare marketing can get a little sterile. Uh, but I think that's where you come in and we, that's where that's, I think brands need to think of showing themselves, like whether it's just healthcare brands, I mean, uh, thinking of themselves outside of the healthcare space, like what are they doing to make people live full lives that aren't necessarily tied to a facility or directly to the care? Uh, and uh, Tiara, you brought up the, uh, I think, Northern Light Health campaign, the work. Um, I think that work especially ties into the human experience and not necessarily the patient experience. Uh, the uh, the women's health aspect of the campaign, it's all about, it's just uh, people texting. And that's such a common thing. That's that's something people, anyone can relate to. And it, they're very relatable conversations too. So uh, I think that putting the 
putting the viewer, the patient, the, the, the customer, the consumer into, into, I guess, for lack of a better word, shoes that they already own, understand, is an easier way for them to connect to the to the idea that we're trying to get across yeah and i and i also think like um because we have this you know this philosophy about living and thinking moments and so i think like when it comes to like brands and when i like when i look at influencers like influencers like they motivate me they give me something to believe in whereas like with healthcare brands it's like i'm only thinking about you when i need you but how can i like like, or how can you present to me as like a brand that I'm I'm super proud of and like, like, you know, I want to go to you for your services. I want to, I kind of want to wear your merch if you have some, you know, <laughs> um, you know, so those types of things. But um, Tierra, what are your thoughts? I agree with what you said, Oscar, about healthcare being really sterile. I think a bigger thing though, is that healthcare can be really exclusionary and I think it's exclusionary in ways that come off more unfair as opposed to how we as consumers treat it especially I mean we are about to be 30 but we are still young so we're not thinking about you know our mortality in these really really drastic ways yet so of course we only think about healthcare when we need it or if we're thinking about it now as we get older in a preventative sense but just even with the way that you know sometimes language is presented you know people have these really difficult experiences finding providers like you were talking about Oscar like the South is not a very kind place to the LGBTQ plus community so that makes it feel like healthcare isn't for some people and I think the onus is on brands especially healthcare systems and hospitals to make it feel like this is a place where people can actually be their full selves without any kind of prejudice without judgment and I, I like I said I think the onus is on them, you know, even changing the language. Like again, to bring up Northern Light, working on the surgical weight loss campaign, we have to, we not have to, but we say things a different way in order to bring the humanity back to people. You know, we don't say that people are obese. We say that people are experiencing or they have obesity. We make sure that people know that obesity is not some kind of moral judgment. It's not a moral failing. And I think that outside of the kind of empathetic things that we try to do, healthcare can be very, very unkind to people. So Sierra, um, with your preference of wanting someone that's specifically black and who's a woman and Oscar, um, with you wanting a primary care provider who um advocates for the LGBTQ um AI plus community, um, is it safe to say that there has been past times where you both may have like felt as if you would easily be dismissed by visiting a primary care provider? who wasn't, you know, either black or who did not, or, or that you didn't see really advocate for the LGBTQ plus community? The, the one time that I'm thinking about, I, I got sick just randomly and I didn't really know what it was. So I went to a doctor and they started asking me, you know, all these questions and I was being completely honest, you know, like I, this is who I am. This is my uh, lifestyle. And then the doctor made it sound like it was more of a choice, like that who I was was a choice. And that's kind of how it started. And at that point, I was very sick. I was like, I, I just need to see someone. So I stayed there and I ended up being admitted into the hospital. And I remember just being like, even the nurses, like the way I was treated, it's just hard to explain because I, I, I've never experienced that before. Just being like, I don't know. I just felt like I was 
that I had this stench on me and just people didn't really, I don't know, like that, it it was very strange. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but it is like situations like that, that does kind of just make us like turn our backs on like healthcare, especially like um, in situations where we may just need it. I know there has been plenty of stories um, about um, trans people, specifically trans women um, who go through so much, like whether it's trying to get, you know, basic healthcare in prison systems or, you know, even just by going to like the hospital and just like those like horror stories. So um, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Um, what about you, Tierra? I myself haven't had any kind of exclusionary or dismissive um, experiences, but a lot of people I know, especially the women in my family have, and it's been especially disturbing to, you know, for all of those stories that I've heard to have kind of come within a maternity context. I mean, even when my mom was pregnant with me, and I discussed this on the last um, No Normal show that I was on, they were just very kind of inattentive to her. When they were attentive to her, they were very rough with her. My mom actually ended up having to have an emergency C-section with me because my umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. And even before that, when she kept voicing her discomfort, they really were just not, they, they you know, they would, they would rather have been doing something else, not even taking care of anyone else, but just completely and totally inattentive to the things that my mom was experiencing and knowing what we know about Black and, you know, women of color, maternal mortality rates, it was really disturbing to think about, I could not be here if it weren't for someone, you know, someone else stepping in and being like, okay, we need to take care of this situation. So that really has kind of governed how I pursue healthcare, just because I'm afraid of something even similar like that happening to me. Yeah. And I actually remember like an instance where, um, my dad, um, he had a really bad dog bite and uh, we took him to the hospital that I was working at and at the time. And, you know, as soon as he was like being seen, like um, they asked like what kind of dog it was. And I heard somebody in the background say like, it was probably a pit bull. The reason why like this like affected me so much is because like, I felt as if like there was like the stigma being placed, like, especially like on black people because um, a lot of times, like, Black people are, like, owners of pit bulls, um, but even at the time, like, the hospital that, like, I was working at, like, um, a lot of the um, dog, I guess, like, the dog bite victims that did come in were Black, and then, like, they were bitten by pit bulls, but I don't know, that still just didn't sit well with me um, to for someone to make an assumption like that, because it wasn't a pit bull that bit him. So, just, like, a, a, a question that's kind of, like, not too far from what we're talking about, but I was wondering when you all think about just specific brands and um, advertising, and it's not, it doesn't have to be healthcare specific, but are there any kind of brands or advertising that you see that makes you go like, ah, like this is really good? Yeah. Um, and not to be a fanboy, but I'm a huge Nintendo fan. And I think that what they have, uh, the 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 products that I've been putting out have been somewhat related to uh, not healthcare but like just well well being in general. Uh, they're trying to really break into uh, what what are they calling it? Uh, I, I, it's like some some type of like health uh, 
it'll, it'll come back to me. <laughs> but they're trying to be there for just uh, to get their users uh, in a healthier space. So, like we've seen that with the Wii, like they encouraged people to move uh, back in 2008. And then now with the Switch, they even have like games that are encouraging people to work out to be able to beat a game. Um, and I think that including that into, including health into the experience, into the fun, it's like one of the things that are setting them apart. Like you can even catch Pokemon by sleeping now. Like there's an app for that, you know? So um, I think that companies that do that, that care about their consumers, not just as people who like their brand, but also people who need other things beyond entertainment is very important. I think that's one of the key things to look for in the future. Yeah, what about Shoot Sierra? I'm so online and now I can't think of any brand that I specifically admire, but just to go off of what you were saying, Oscar, about Nintendo, I think that's great. I mean, I'm not a huge gamer myself. My gaming begins and ends with The Sims, but I think that that's a really, really cool thing. I mean, seeing, I think you put it perfectly, seeing a consumer is not someone who just needs to be entertained, but someone who has life things and experiences that have to be taken care of outside of, you know, what happens when they put the switch down, you know, there, there's things that they still have to take care of. They've got life's priorities, all of life's struggles and little things and big things. And I, I think that's great. When I think of healthcare brands, I think of things like better help and talk space and different telehealth companies. And I think of Amazon trying to get into healthcare, Walgreens, CVS, just really kind of some of the big players. And I really wish I could recall some of those more smaller standout things, but they're just not coming to me right now. Yeah, and that's totally fine. Um, I also think, um, for me at least, Goop is, like, a really great brand. Um, they just make, like, taking care of yourself, like, look fun and, like, look like it's worth the investment with their products that they always highlight. Um, it's, like, an, it's like a wellness apothecary in a sense, um, and I love that so much. Um and so those are the th- those are the brands, at least that I look at, and I'm like, wow, like if hospitals could do something like close to this, like everybody would be like having this on their TikToks, like, girl, I just went to um such and such and such and such, like you know, <laughs> like it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you, and I think that's that's one of the things that I always find interesting about healthcare. It costs as much as a luxury item, but it's not, you know. Um, and I wonder if there's something that brands can do to kind of bridge the gap between that, you know, like it's something that it's worth paying this much. Uh, although like, I think we can all agree healthcare should be for everyone (laughs) and not behind a paywall. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) this is the world we live in, I guess. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great way to end this show. Um, so Tira, Oscar, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate y'all. Thank you, Maury. You're a great host. You're, you're oh. doing great. You're you doing are. Great. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so for all of you listening, thank you so much for joining in. If there's something you want us to cover, just shoot us an email at nonormal at reviveagency.com. And make sure you share the show with friends and colleagues and give us a review and rating on iTunes. All of that would be appreciated. And until next time, don't ever be satisfied with the normal. Push that no normal, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Three, 